0: So, as you can see, I decided to get really um, ambitious and to take an overview of over 50 years of being in the ministry. So we're doing glimpses backward and forward. So, um, some of you may not be able to read what this says, but it says, Phil Manley saying goodbye. So this is the forward one. And uh, one of my friends fixed that up for me. Uh, I wouldn't have been able, Justin could have done that, but uh, but so that's how we're starting. And we're gonna work our way backward. Believe it or not, I was young once. And this is, this is my precious family. Um, Many of you remember that I'm a second-generation hospital chaplain, and we'll be talking about that. But this is my father's uh, first original prayer card. And um, all of my, all of my um, sisters are still um, living today. One needs to be living a little closer to the Lord. And, yes, there's my dad visiting a patient um, in the hospital I owe so much to my father because he was the one that led me to the Lord. Um, One night when I was five years old, uh, my mother sent me into his study to say goodnight. And um, I asked my daddy, how does one receive Jesus? And he thought I was stalling, maybe that I didn't want to go to bed. (laughs) But I think he saw the seriousness in the little face. And so... um, That is extra special to me um, that my dad not only led me to the Lord, but years later I literally walked in the same hospital on the same 84 acres that he walked on. And um, way back then they used to have um, a service that went only in the hospital and the patients had headsets and we used to sing for them... um, uh, for many years, so that um, that's a special one. Now, jumping, I spared you my whole childhood. Okay, <laughs> and uh, this is me with fixed bayonet in Vietnam. Uh, I was a draftee, and there were some tough times in Vietnam, but I know that that was a learning time for me and I knew that I was supposed to be there and um, this is uh, the the men's restroom in the back there we call it the latrine so but I didn't have the duty of cleaning it I was blessed on that (laughs) but um, I will never forget my time in Vietnam and if I'm not careful I could take a whole lot of time I was able to lead one of my soldiers to the Lord. We're still in touch after all of these years. Um, I was able to uh, witness to my commanding officer only to find out that he was a Christian. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. So one and I I was his driver. I was a company clerk. I was his driver. And I was the mailman. So I was the most popular guy in the company because... A lot of times, weeks would go by and we wouldn't get our mail. But anyway, one day uh, on a Sunday, I was driving the jeep with my commanding officer, and all of a sudden, we looked ahead and we saw a black, what appeared to be a black box. And so I slowed down, and we both got out very cautiously. And we, because you never know what the Viet Cong were going to do. They used kids. They used anything they could to kill us would you believe when we got up closer that it was a King James Bible? <laughs> How in the world did that Bible get out in that remote road? And one other one, I kept my testimony, I always saluted him, and so I gained his confidence, and one day he said, manly, he always called me manly, um, he said, manly, he says, I feel like I'm a failure. And I said, why, sir? You're a commander of our company. And he says, well, my two, one of my brothers is a missionary and the other is a pastor. And the Lord had always made me quick on my feet. And I said, sir, did it not occur to you that God knew that 220th Aviation, that was my company, needed a Christian commander. And it was like if Justin turned that light off and turned it back on, he thought about it, and he said, thank you. Got to move, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> then entered Vivian Louise manly and I wish I could tell you our love story when I went into the service I was engaged to a woman that I had no business being engaged to she was a Christian but she just wasn't for me so I got a famous dear John letter okay and some of you young youngsters won't know what that is but that's when you're rejected and you see it in writing So anyway, my three sisters wrote me letters and said, Big Brother, we spotted this woman, this young lady at our church, and believe it or not, it turned out to be Vivian. (laughs) I, I wish I could tell the whole story. But she has been the joy of my life. And I'm trying not to get emotional about this, but Vivian's been in excellent health our whole marriage, 55 years, as you heard earlier. But she's having some hip problems. And also, um, her knee keeps wanting to pop out. So that's why she's not here today. She sends her love. But Vivian was not only the love of my life. She was the secretary. Um, she color coordinated me. Everybody always tells me how nice I look. And I, and I always tell them, no, Vivi- I, Vivian did that. So I just wanted you to know that. And then this is one thing I get in trouble for, but she's not here. She has always been my chief editor. I would make a rough draft of our missionary letter, and then she would fix it, and i go, Oh, my goodness, I wish I could do that. So I was very gifted in that. But one of her big sources of ministry is... I've married over 400 um, couples over the years. And as long as they keep their address current, they get a homemade, different card from the year before. And of course, I've married lots of non-believers. And before you throw me out, they are non-believers on both sides. Um, More than one nurse has come up to me and said, Hey, chaplain, Um, You know, I've been married for 30 years. I still have every one of Vivian's cards. So the Lord really used that. And of course, um, she has to send out a lot of grief cards, as you might imagine as well. So nine months later, triumphantly and by God's grace, we walked off the aisle. Didn't have a whole lot of money and uh, when I think of all the money that couples spend nowadays, it's, it's astounding. We only got 12 photos of our wedding. <laughs> but it's mostly in here. Wow. The Health Chaplain's Ministry of America it was, is my sending agency. They changed their names a couple of times way back in my dad's uh, era. It was Health um, hospital chaplains ministry, and uh, we have chaplains all over the United States, and uh, a few abroad, not as many as we would like, of course, and um, it's been a wonderful um, experience. Believe it or not, I was the youngest chaplain um, that they had ever had at that time, and pray for more men and there, I'll talk about that later. There are some female chaplains, of course, um, that would come into our agency. Um, we're all mostly gray hair. Now, this, for some of you that have been with me all these years, this are the 83 acres that I have worked on these past 50-plus years. Um and the old County General Hospital, the old cement building you see, that's the one where my dad was, and and I spent 40 years there. And then Kenneth Norris Cancer is behind um, that other building, and also Keck Medical Center. Um, that is a small city within itself. There are thousands of people. There are 8,000 people that just support Keck Medical Center. And when you add all of the, cha- all of the patients and everybody else, it's a uh, it's a city within itself. Then happiness, true happiness, for Vivian and I. We started. I started in 1971, but I had to go six years until I hooked up with Grace Community Church. And when you guys asked me to be one of your missionaries, I was truly overwhelmed. And I wish I could even. Um, tell you, uh, a nurse told me about John MacArthur's preaching. I, and, oh, by the way, we live 42 miles from here in the other valley. And so we have done what? We've worn out a few cars <laughs> driving these many years. But we just decided that, and by the way, that house that we live in that's 52 years old, I got that from being a, a veteran. I make people cry now. It was it was thirty six nine, four hundred dollars a month for thirty years. And that was just a gift from God. I hope you can see this, but it, it says that the the uh, pastor is leaning over the casket and he says, I think it's his beeper. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid it doesn't show up much. Now the we call, it, we call it the beeper, the pager, but that was one of the major portions of my life. If I had a dollar for every page I received in the middle of the night and during the day, I could send a missionary someplace. Wow. It, it, um, that was amazing to me. And most of my cars could automatically drive in at 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning, um, because they did it quite frequently. But those were some of the most meaningful ones. Were there some times when I was so tired, I had to plead with God on the freeway that I would remember to say all the things that I did? Yes. But that's a statement. Anybody can see someone 8 to 5 or 9 to 6 or whatever. But when someone is dying, or their uh, their loved one has just died, they need somebody, and that was always my joy and privilege and Sometimes I would have to um, sing on the way home to stay awake. <laughs> this is a sweet lady that um, received the Lord, and she's just kind of represents all the hundreds and hundreds of patients that I was privileged um, to be. At their bedside. And another one of my major uh, ministries. Was pre-surgical visits. Um, I don't have time to have you all raise. How many ti- uh, How many of you have been under the knife. Even in this room. I know many of you have. And that's a very frightening time. For patients. And they need a chaplain. And I would just get this list. And I would go through a whole row. Of beds, and I would uh, sometimes I would hear. You said you're what you're a minister. Would you believe I just prayed that God would send somebody to pray with me? And I said, glad to glad to do it. Glad to do it. Okay. I work with my staff, and we were here to cheer up this young lady with her family, and I have, I never thought that this would happen, but since I even put this card in order, the lady in the red jacket standing up, she has, I just, we knew, we've known each other for 35 years, Um, she worked in the concierge desk at our hospital, she's dying of cancer, she's just filled with cancer. And I rushed to her bedside and spent an hour and a half just reminiscing with her and at the end making sure, of course, um, that she truly knew the Lord. I kind of suspected that she did, but she said, I never talked about it at work, and I said, I can certainly understand that. There's my sweetheart. And uh, for year, every year, for for, um, 45 years... We would give out blankets and hygiene bags and other little items at Christmas time, and ladies like you would crochet and and sew them together, and they became treasured gifts of the patients. I've known some patients uh, for 40 years, and they still have the original blanket they received. And guess what? when grace came and became involved you all made cookies yeah. because guess what the doctors and nurses were feeling left out yeah. so the first thing that i would do when that, when our team came in i would bring those the cookies there and i would present it to them and i sometimes 10 minutes later there was no cookies they were <laughs> they were gone but but that touched their heart and by the way the doctors and the nurses loved the fact that we were making gifts to their patients because some of those hospital rooms, pretty bleak looking, but not after that. So um, here's one of our teams, and uh, I'm sure some of you know this beloved man. We're going to talk more about him in a minute. I'm going to have to speed this up. This young, oh, and by the way, you, the ladies would appreciate it. We never tried to rush. We would go to their bedside and we'd say, what's your favorite color? And so we would try to match the, the hygiene bag, but mostly. So this lady um, told us what her favorite color was. And um, I was the one that happened to give it to her. And she was in tears um, going through some tough times. And I, um, I, I waved to the rest of the team. We have a, We had a deal going. If you, if you got into a conversation, we, I knew where that cart would be and I would find it. And I had the joy of leading her to the Lord. So she was double gifted that day. But the most important gift was receiving Jesus Christ as her Savior. And this is our Spanish department caroling at the hospital on the Sunday night. And this is um, one of my this is one of my first offices, and this cabinet here is filled with Grace to You cassettes, and until they went out of style, and I'll say that, <laughs> I used to have two or three ladies from Grace. I called them my tape ladies. They would I would have a list prepared of patients that want to see them. And they would go and, and deliver the tapes, and then they would get another list and visit some patients. And about two hours later, they would go back and collect all of the, the tape recorders and the tapes. So that was a wonderful, uh, wonderful ministry. Um, this, this was back in my dad's era, and I just thought I'd throw that in because we're going back and forward. Um, we actually were allowed to bring the patients down from their rooms to this huge auditorium. And I used to uh, play my trumpet and that's the same platform that my sisters and I sang on. Wow. It's old. <laughs> and this is, uh, this is one of Grace uh, groups receiving information um, and orientation before they went up to the uh, various rooms. That was neat because I was only allowed to see certain amount of patients But when you invited um, the patients, that was the only day you could go bed to bed. So a lot of people were exposed to the gospel because of that. Um, This lady is very badly burned. Actually, she's in heaven now. And um, many of you, I'm just, I'm so curious. Does anybody remember that I used to, years ago, probably you won't, but anybody remember me asking for prayer for Dr. Zawaki, the head burn doctor? Yeah, I was right. I, I I figured not, but I, but for for two or three years, you folks prayed for him, and on a, on a night when we least expected it, as God tends to do, he received the Lord, and uh, he's now with the Lord as well. Um, burn patients turned out to be one of my, um, I'll just say it, one of my favorite places to go. I mean, we don't, we wish they weren't burned, but I, the Lord gave me a. a A strong stomach and and the ability to look at people and not not look at their burns, but look at into their eyes and into their hearts. Um, I have fabulous ministry with nurses. Nurses became my best friend. Um, I have married many, as I mentioned before. A high percentage of the four hundred were nurses that I married. And I just had wonderful one-on-one opportunities to talk to them. Um, I would often bury one of their loved ones. They would go, "Um, Reverend, I don't really have a pastor, and my mom just died. Are you allowed to leave the hospital? And I said, absolutely. And, oh, and sometimes I got to dedicate their kids, you know, and uh, do some fun things with them as well. And This is Babyland. Believe it or not, way back when in the early years, one out of twenty people born in L.A. were born at the county hospital. We thousands of babies per year, and I've had lots of ministry with um, the mothers of these babies. Uh, we've had some SID deaths, sudden infant de- uh, infant deaths. SIDS. There we go. I'm I'm hurrying too fast. <laughs> Um and also sadly, drug babies. I'll tell you one quick story. So they, they called for the chaplain and um the mother was there and uh she looked a little hard on the hard side and um she said to me quote, how could a loving God do this? And the nurse that was was back where this young lady is I saw her just, her, her countenance, she became enraged. And I had to bite my tongue. I could almost feel the blood because she was a drug addict. And she was blaming God that her child was going to die. And indeed, it did die. But I'm so happy for that child. Cystic fibrosis, there's no cure. It's called sticky lungs. I had many, many um, chances of of working with these folks. They would come in and out of the hospital year after year after year. And Christina really liked me, and we had a friendship. But I was getting concerned because the doctor said that she was kind of winding down. And so um, one day, I just presented the gospel to her, and she actually surprised me. And um, she thought about it, and I told—I left her. We didn't pray the prayer. I said I'll be back tomorrow. So um, when I came back the next day, I had heard she was going to be discharged, and I said, "Hey." I heard the best news, you're going home tomorrow. And she says, no, you need to hear my news. I received Jesus Christ last night. I go, yes, that trumps that, indeed. (laughs) Um, I also got to work with some of the employees. And Bob and I played basketball um, until, I played basketball once or twice a week, um, at noontime, and I would change my clothes, take a shower, change my clothes, and get back on the wards. Um, and But we kept praying um, for this gentleman. And one day I'm rushing towards the hospital main entrance, and Bob passes me by, and you go, Big deal. But there was a big deal. He had a Bible in his hand. And I said, uh, Bob, what is that that you have in your hand? He says, It's a Bible. And I go, yeah? And he said, I made a profession of faith. And I said, I'm on an emergency beeper call, but as soon as I can find you, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> so over the years, um, the employees would watch me and, and just um, see that I was, and I hate doing this because it sounds like this, but just that I was faithfully showing up every day and doing um, God's work and just, just pouring my heart out. Um, How about that red jacket? I still can't believe I wore that video. (laughs) So um, every week there would be um, unidentified or unclaimed bodies in the morgue. And I would go up to the morgue and they would give me this little list. And I was supposed to go in there and bless them or do whatever... People do, and some of our other chaplains made a. Oh, we won't go there, um, praying them into heaven and all these kinds of things. And I mostly just went in there and, and prayed for their families and and uh, came back out again. But that led to another ministry. Um, I go to this one mortuary, and I do I do PA cases, public administrative cases, and these are cases where they've lost track of the family, or there's no family, but there's enough money for a casket, a simple casket, and so forth. And all the minister has to do is come to the mortuary, go behind the pulpit, read their name and and a scripture, and have a prayer, and you're gone. And there's usually nobody out there except the funeral director. And so I've been working on this one funeral director for years. (laughs) And every once in a while, there'd be somebody that would come. Sometimes there'd be one person. So I would read the scripture, and then I would go behind. I would move right there, and i said, say, okay, tell me. I'm using myself. Tell me about Phil. And they would share memories. And, and uh, so it's, it was a wonderful ministry, because sometimes people would say, you went and just went in there and really didn't accomplish anything? But how do we know? And by the way, it was three miles from my hospital, so it wasn't like I'm driving 50 miles to see nobody. So that was a wonderful ministry. Does anybody happen to know this couple? That is John and Cammie Scott. I'm so, hey, no Cammie? Oh, John said I would shock her socks off. <laughs> okay, and these two were married in our chapel. And John turned out to be my best um, earthly male friend. I, um, he used to play the gu- guitar. We, we used to go across the street to Juvenile Hall. Uh, and, and you ladies from Grace would bring cookies. And uh, so now we go from the sublime to sadness. Whoops! Oh, what happened? Hey, that one's hmm. And Jason's left. Um, Justin left, rather. Okay, I'll have to keep going, and you you can just visualize um, for the rest until we get help, if we get it. So another part of my ministry was what I call the student ministry. And our hospitals allowed students to come from L.A. County School of Nursing, from APU, that's Azusa Pacific, and I used to tease the the nurses, Pasadena Cracker Company, but Pasadena City College. Um. And... And years ago, Biola, but Biola discontinued. Shame on them, their nursing uh, school many years ago. So those were all wonderful opportunities. The instructor would give me one hour to talk about what a chaplain does and how they might interact with them. Uh, All kinds of wonderful things happen um, because of that. Then, I had the greatest joy, and I'm so sad that you don't get to, to see our TMS students, but your speaker this morning was one of my students. He he was an amazing guy. We had so much fun together, and we took we put these guys through everything we could think of. We took them to the morgue. We took them to the um, autopsy. Um, we We just threw everything out there, because they could emotionally deal with it because I was the instructor, they didn't have to to interact, although oftentimes I would put them on the spot and they would do uh, a beautiful job. And this is why, okay, and then the next picture was supposed to, you're supposed to see Josiah Grauman. (laughs) Josiah was one of my dearest friends and he worked alongside of me for four years at the county hospital, Um, and he did such an amazing job. I was so happy when he um, came back on staff here. I used to give them a hard time for stealing him from me and and sending him to Mexico, but those were formative years, and he was right where God was supposed to be. Uh, He's just an amazing man, and he's a miracle man. His father died um, when he was 32, Two or something, and, and by I keep I never want to age, Josiah. I just keep praying. Okay, Lord, give us another year. Give us another year, because we could lose him. But you never know if you talk to him, he's just doing the work in the ministry. Then I went to Korea in, in 2004 with my agency and talked to chaplains there. Um, sorry you can't see the, the next one uh, I went to India and uh, got to go to a Christian school and was teaching all the little kids deep and why and and uh, had some wonderful experiences and then um, the one that I feel most bad about that you can't see um, in 2004 uh, Pastor John called me into his office and I had heard about the Beslam crisis before and he said, "Phil, I'm sending you and another pastor, and you're going to go um, over there, and they're going to put on, on a grief um, conference, and you're going to be there for, I think, ten days or something. Are you, are you my rescue man?" I "Think so." <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I was clicking, and all of a sudden, it just stopped. Oh. Let's see if that's it. No, it's not. It's not putting it on this. Whoops. Wait for it. Let's quit and restart. Yeah, it was just doing beautifully. <laughs> All
1: right. Is this
0: the slide that you were on? Yeah, that, yeah, that'll do. Oh, how come this? didn't touch anything. <laughs> Yay. My hero. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Okay, now. Oh, perfect. Okay. You can see they, the first day that we got there, they took us to the school. Where this had happened, and you might remember that three hundred students and and teachers were killed, so these are bullet holes, there was still dried blood on the wall it it wow. you know it it was terrible, but they wanted to prepare our hearts for because for three days later we were going to do the conference and you can notice my nice little fancy hat. Um, we took up an offering here because I didn't own any heavy duty. Who needs heavy-duty coats when you're in California? Okay, this is good. And the government had to hastily put together um, a cemetery that would accommodate these bodies. And what was so sad, there would be a stake, a stark wooden stake. But on the top of it was a picture of the little child or the teacher that died. And they just allowed us to walk through that cemetery. Oh, and guess what that is in the background? That purple building? It's a vodka factory. I I, I was I was overwhelmed by that, um, thinking about the importance of us being there trying to help these people, and then there that there was a vodka. Okay, and then like I said, we had um, we had a conference for them, um, and they loved our material all biblical about grieving. Oh, this is kind of funny. So two, two guys from Fuller Seminary came over there, and they go, we're here to teach you about grief and, uh, and death and dying, and they sent them home because they knew they weren't coming from a biblical base. You didn't hear that, but okay. I have a bad habit. Sometimes things show up that are not in my notes. Oh, and this is really Wonderful. John MacArthur, I hope you all know this, in all of the many wonderful books he wrote, this was so practical, safe in the arms of God. And look at the smiles on their face because they came just in time in the Russian language just to give them to those people at at the conference. Now, fast forward a few years, and then there was COVID. I just chose this one because he has double mask and a shield. And suddenly, our whole lives changed. Anybody in this room had not been influenced in one way or another by COVID? I'd like to talk to you afterward. Okay? (laughs) Then they got this terrible idea, because this was close to when I was going to be retiring. And I was sitting at home. And my patients were not being visited, so I—I've always been a man of courage. I went and eyeballed my administrator and said, "Look, I will—I will get double vaxed. I'll do anything you ask me, but I'm old, and even if I get COVID and die, that's okay with me. I want to be here as your chaplain. And guess what? I won." So uh, at least I was able to visit some patients. My nurses don't let me go on the actual ward that where they actually do have COVID, but all the other ones I was able to do that. And, and oh, we set it up online and and um, Facebook and everything. It, you know, I I don't particularly care for Facebook, but I do love the idea because um, I've we've hooked up people. Uh, for example, a lady from the Philippines is dying, and she's talking, uh, the family has hooked up to the rest of the family in the Philippines. So you you just use all of the, the uh, latest tools that God gives you. Oh, I can't believe this. Hurry, hurry. Okay, so my hospital, and I say this humbly, I never realized how much my hospital loved me they were they were so sad they had to give me a virtual goodbye but i found out that the 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 nurses that weren't working immediately with their patients would rush out and look then so they had this ceremony uh in the administrator's office and these nur- this was just one of the unit units they all go chaplain wait get in here and look at the way that they're holding me it was just amazing. Now, um, this is post-retirement. And if, if some you are, um, Alex already took my thunder. Vivian Manley would say, say what? You're not retired. And she would be right. Um, my, so my hospital still wants me to, I come one day a week, so I'm there all day Monday. And uh, the other chaplain, when he's off, I'll even put another day in. So that's been a little um, good for me because I didn't have to entirely let go of, of everything. Um, I'm still doing a lot of funerals and memorial services, which all I can um, keep you here forever talking about the opportunities that that, you know, I'm, I'm uh, most, some of you have heard this, I'm a rent-a-pastor. And that that's that's because the people do not have a pastor of their own. I was on the phone one day for four hours, grief counseling this one woman and setting up a service um, for her loved one. And then in our own neighborhood, one of our neighbors that we've known for years, and Vivian has a ministry with them. She sends um, goodies to about six neighbor uh, six houses. Surrounding us, believe it or not, in two months, this woman lost her husband, her sister, and her daughter in that order. And so here I was, just happened to be up the street. Um, I say that to remind all of you to be looking for the opportunities that God brings your way you may be that one person that will soften the heart of your neighbor or one of your relatives. And by the way, I helped in my own family, two uh, distant family members, both had cancer, and I went through the whole thing with them. So always be looking for those opportunities. Um, This woman, fabulous Christian, and she has terrible things, and I don't have time to even explain them. But the way she was handling them and talking about God's all-sufficient grace, I asked her if I could take her picture. And I, I, I have been able to take a lot more pictures in recent years. And I, I every once in a while at night, I'll just go click-click through my iPad and, and remember to pray for them. This young man, and I'm um, going to wrap it up here. This young man um, is a printer. And something terribly went wrong. And I want, I'm want trying not to gross you out too much. But the printer, his whole hand went right through the... the and it stripped off almost everything to the bone. But the doctors so far... Have put everything back together again, and he wiggled his fingers for me when I visited him. But he said, I know that I need Jesus. And this was like two weeks ago. So things are still happening. The Lord is still moving in people's hearts and minds. And I I can't um, thank the Lord enough For all that he has chosen this little guy to do all these years, it's it's just amazing. And that brings us up to date. We had we had to show our wrinkles, (laughs) but thank you so much for allowing me to to be with you today, and. I talked to Alex about this, and probably, realistically, this might be my last time with you. So I would like to thank each one of you um, who have been with me all these years. And what I always love about you, I would look out in the audience, and I would give a name of a patient, and many of you would write that name down. And I, I even tell my patients, um, I'm, I'm protecting your privacy but you got, you got to know these beautiful ladies are praying for you at my church. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, oh, and I left out one important thing. Um, in 1978, um, I became an elder. So it's been a privilege to serve you, communion, to serve in a prayer room. And um, I have, it's just been, I'm, I'm just blessed So thank you. Alex. And and while she's not quite here yet, there's a lovely lady in the back that let Vivian and I go to Morro Bay. They have the most beautiful, they have the best view from her house in the whole area. There's been a lot of other people that have stepped up and given us so many gifts. So we should thank you for that. But don't ask if you can go. (laughs)
1: Well, we are blessed to have you here, Phil, and we know we are even more blessed to have you as part of our church. It's hard when he's crying. Hold on. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Um, but again, obviously, these pictures are just a little bit of the blessings that the Lord has used Phil to communicate to the people in the hospital, their families, the staff, and it goes on and on. When we think of the services, and all that you've been a part of so we are very thankful and very thankful for you to come and share with us and I know a lot of you enjoy so much getting to get his newsletters and we're always appreciative of the details and that and how we can be praying and hearing the very specific ways that we are blessed to hear how the Lord is working so let's pray for Phil and Vivian now Lord, we are so incredibly grateful for how you choose to use your children, Father, for your kingdom work. Lord, heaven will only tell all of the um, impacts, Lord, that Phil and Vivian have had, and we're so thankful that you have chosen to put him as such a beacon in a dark world, Lord. Father, we're amazed that he could hold a position at L.A. County Medical Center And that he could have such an impact in so many lives, Lord, of people searching, people needing to know truth, Lord. And we're grateful, we're so thankful that Phil has been able to also be a part of training the next generation, Lord, and selecting chaplains and counseling chaplains, Father, to prepare more to enter into service, Lord, for you, Lord. Father, we thank you that... um, You choose to use these circumstances, Father, illnesses and life and death situations, God, to draw people to yourself. We know that you are sovereign over all things, and that you draw family members and nurses and doctors, even through the circumstances of others, Lord. So we give you all the praise and glory for how you uh, work in magnificent ways. We thank you for giving Phil and Vivian the strength. Lord, I can only imagine the heartache, Lord, and the um, Trials just in our own flesh, Father, the emotions of having a job for 50 years like this, Father. And yet you are so faithful to Phil, and we thank you for his dependence on you, Lord. We thank you for Vivian's dependence on you as she shares her husband with all of these, Lord, who have been blessed. God, we thank you so much for the way that many of the ladies in this room have been a part of the ministry as well. And we thank you for our church for um, coming alongside, Lord. We pray that this would continue to be a relationship. Uh, That goes on and that we continue to have in our hearts of how we can serve our doctors and nurses, the hospitals, Lord, how we can continue to uh, stand beside chaplains in hospitals and prisons, Lord, as uh, you use them for your glory. And Father, we do pray, even as Phil reminded us, God, that we would be aware, Father, of those suffering in our own lives, Lord, that we would be able to point them to Christ, Um, Father, as you are the only source of hope, God. And we're so thankful that we know that truth. May we be faithful with it. In your son's name, amen.